Welcome to Servium, Latin for I Will Serve, a new podcast series from the Diocese of Rapid City, exploring the vocation to the permanent diaconate. Join me as I visit with some of the deacons who are fulfilling the mission of Christ as servants, sharing their gifts in Western South Dakota. I'm your host, Karen Gibis, and I'm honored to introduce today's guest. Brian, thank you so much for joining me today. We have so much to talk about, but before we get there, why don't you introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about your family and what you do for a living? Brian Paulson. Um, I am the assistant chief of Sturgis Police Department. Married. Uh, my wife works at the VA. I have a son, or actually I have three children, oldest son, a middle daughter, and a young son who just graduated college a year ago and got engaged. Oh, that's exciting. Let's talk about your formative years. What were your parents like? How were you raised? Well, we, I'm a cradle Catholic, and uh, we were taken to Mass every week. We never missed. It was a, just a schedule where you went to Mass, and then we would go to our grandparents for dinner and uh, spend time with cousins, and then we'd go to CCD on weekends. But we didn't CCD until after we left the Omaha area. My family moved out of Omaha out into a rural community, and then we went to Mass on Sunday, and they uh, installed or started up CCD. And that's where we'd go every Wednesday. And that's pretty much what my young formation was. As a younger teenager or as a teenager who could drive, it was not uncommon for us to go to Mass on our own, uh, as far as the kids and some of my classmates, actually. And then from there, uh, we moved into marriage. And I uh, had originally turned down becoming an acolyte in the Lincoln Diocese and um, had a priest who talked to me and said, that's not your priest asking you to become an acolyte. It's God. And uh, so the second time I was asked, I became an acolyte in the Lincoln Diocese. Spent uh, probably 15, 16 years of being an acolyte down there. Moved to Northeast Nebraska, where uh, I continued to be an acolyte in that parish. It was uh, Deacon Kiter, excuse me, it was Father Kiter, who asked me if I would like to become a deacon. It really hadn't been on my mind. I felt that I would just maintain or, or just continue to be an acolyte. But once he asked, it, it just made a lot of sense. I was very hungry, very thirsty for the faith, knowing that it's so, so deep and there's just so much to it. And I thought, if you're not part of this problem, then you need to be part of the solution. And for me, it was like, I need to serve the church. I need to reach out and, and touch as many people as I can uh, as, a, as a deacon. What did your family think about that when you announced that you were considering the diaconate? They were extremely happy. My daughter's famous quote for the after I informed the family was, it's about time. And I thought, well, that's quite a shock because we raise our kids, uh, we raise our family in the faith, and uh, you wonder if they take notice. And for her to say that, it's uh, when I announced that I, was, that I had accepted the invitation to at least discern that first year and to have her response like that, it was like, yeah, they are paying attention and they understand what their faith is and, and what it really meant to her mom and I. There must have been a, a family calling already put on their hearts, a, a commitment to the diaconate, even before you had accepted that movement of the Spirit in you, right? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I had changed positions. Uh, I had moved from a police department in Nebraska to uh, Yankton, South Dakota, and my children were fully aware that if we could not continue a Catholic parochial education for them throughout their high school uh, years, that we would not have taken, I would not have taken the job because that move was for me to leave a position where I was a chief of police just outside of Omaha, uh, moved to Yankton. And uh, again, we 
we were told by the priest there, nobody sends their kids 25 miles to a Catholic high school. And we said, we did with our oldest, and we're going to do it with these two. So we have stressed to our children how much God means to us. So that influence of your children that came around to bless you when it came time for you to start your formation in the diaconate with their support and their it's about time attitude that, hey, we saw this come in because you lived that example. You lived the faith and you treasured it. So they treasured it. Yes, it will be a family event for ordination for us. Oh, that's wonderful. So now you've done your formation down in a different diocese, right? That is correct. (laughs) I was formed in the Archdiocese of Omaha. So the requirements for that are probably different for here in Rapid City area, but as you move towards your ordination, there has always been that underlying maybe a relationship with God, right? This personal relationship. When was there a moment when you clearly felt that the Lord was cementing in you this call to the diaconate? So through discernment, there's always that, you know, and the evil one plays with you a lot when you're in formation and discerning. That first year, I really questioned, is this what I meant? And I just said, you know what? God put me in this position. I'm going to continue and see what happens. It was in my second year. I will tell you, I was reading uh, a book that was assigned. It was required reading at the time. Um, the Fulfillment of All Desires. And I read that, and I put it down, and I actually said to myself, God called me. And um, he had, but it was that book that really solidified, you are where I want you to be. And I never questioned it after that. The practice homilies and some of the assessments and, and some of the requirements of the formation were challenging, but nothing took my needle off of center uh, after I read that book. And I've told many of my friends, I wish I would have read that book when I was in my 20s. Um, And they've actually started talking about gifting that book to young men that are in formation or even those that are just going to focus. So yeah, we we just want to continue to build that uh, relationship. So he is the fulfillment of all desire. And when you have your your compass pointed at him. He does make the impossible possible, right? Absolutely. You even, know, even homilies, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, one of my favorite stories is a practice homily. I didn't feel comfortable with it. And, and our schedule was that you, uh, we started formation on Friday night. Our um, after morning prayer, we went into our practicums for our homilies. I got up at 530 that morning and I tore my homily up and I rewrote it. And I walked in, gave my homily and there was a door right there and somebody had closed it. And um, the formator that was in the room with us said, well, what do you think? And I said, if that door was a, would have been open, I would have walked out. And he goes, why? And I said, that was horrendous. And it wasn't until he, he immediately said, tell me what you said. And I said, I don't know what I said. I just know it was horrible. And uh, he said, that was probably one of the best homilies I've heard in a second year and just really kind of pushed that out. And then the rest of them in the room started talking about, we never thought about it that way. And it's like, come on. And, you know, I thought maybe they were just trying to make me feel good, but it was genuine. And again, here's another time where Christ said, you are where you should be. You're where I have placed you. So what is one thing that you've learned since you started formation that's really really stuck with you, impacted you, made you want to share with your family, share with your fellow parishioners? My human formator, um, from the first day I met him and throughout formation in the four years, 
continued to tell me, be vulnerable. He said, you've been a police officer for so many years. You've seen people at their worst, people that have no hope. He said, you, if you're vulnerable with your ministry, you will be surprised on how well people connect with you because you can't fake what you've seen or what you felt. He said, when you become vulnerable is when you will really be truly successful in your ministry. And that's, that has stuck with me. And I've seen that time and time again. That's a really good point. Has your diaconate formation given you a different approach to your job in law enforcement? I would, I would want to say no, but it, obviously it has. Anytime you're affected deep down in, in your heart for a love of Christ and to serve, it has to change uh, how I deal with my job. Um, I've always felt that I was a servant. I've always went the extra to help people, um, but I think it's even probably deeper. And maybe it's more about how I feel than how they feel. And I don't mean that in a selfish way, but for me to recognize that God's given me a, a talent that I can use and grow and express with other people, I grow too. I, I say no, but it really has. Yeah. So is there anything as you are moving towards ordination that you're really looking forward to? Obeying or following the bishop and the pastor's guidance um, with what they want. I've already talked with Father Castor. He wants to get a men's uh, group together, and I've got a couple ideas. I definitely believe one of the ways to continue to strengthen the church or strengthen the church more than it is now is through spiritual leadership. And I think that men have to take a bigger role. Um, we have, and for many years, in my opinion, have let women take a spiritual role. And there's, there's a role for women, don't get me wrong, but men have to start stepping up. They need to start carrying their load and say, I need to do this, not my wife. I need to do this. And I've had that discussion with my wife about things with our kids and that I'm the spiritual leader of this home. I need to make this decision and this is my decision. And um, I think that we need to do that more. Men need to do that more and step up and be the forefront, the tip of the spear, so to speak, in our parishes, in our family. Steel sharpens steel, right? Yes, iron absolutely. Iron sharpens iron. Absolutely. I've used that a couple times in homilies. Yeah, yeah. So what advice would you give someone who's considering becoming a deacon? Be open to any movement that God will give you. And it may not be this big, we like to call it in my family, the billboard from God. It may not be this huge sign, but it just may be the subtle nudging that's going to occur. And uh, it's going to be persistent. God doesn't do anything just on a whim. He has a plan. And if he wants you to be a deacon, you have to start paying attention to those little subtle notices that occur. Is there any helpful advice on how to listen for those little nudges? Oh, I'm going to sound like many others. Um, I think you need to just spend time in front of the Lord through adoration and uh, prayer. There's nothing better than to be a, the peace of adoration and listen to God. And that's probably another key. Listen. Don't go in there thinking, I got to pray for 30 minutes. Say what you need to say. Pray what you need to pray. And then sit back and let God fill you up. Wow. Let God fill you up. Yep. That's powerful. Yeah. He takes the biggest sinners. And he, you know, he doesn't take the easy. He, he, he doesn't go for the little lying fruit. He crawls clear up in the tree and gets the ones that, that need to be picked. Yeah, the, the ones that are needed for that job, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for your yes to the Rapid City Diocese. You are and, welcome. And for serving our church in beautiful ways and for encouraging more men to just live up to the vocation that God has called them to. Absolutely, it's been my pleasure. 
This is Deacon Greg Sass, Director of the Permanent Diaconate and Diaconate Formation. The diocese has been blessed to have seven men called to orders by Bishop Peter Muage, six as permanent deacons, and one as a transitional deacon for the Diocese of Rapid City. Their ordination is scheduled for 5.30 p.m. Thursday, June 29, 2023, at the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Health in Rapid City. All are invited to attend the ordination. For more information, visit rapidcitydiocese.org, read the diocese newspaper, West River Catholic, or your parish's bulletin. For more information about the permanent diaconate in the Diocese of Rapid City, contact me at the Chancery, 605 343-3541.